Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of my podcast, I Stand Strong. As always, I am Teddy, coming at you from my bear cave in the concrete jungle of the beautiful Midwest now. Um, and I, as per usual around lately, um, you know, have Tony here with me again. Hello. Hello. It's, it's a good thing you had me muted for a minute there, because, dude, I let out the biggest freaking sneeze. I noticed, and I tried not to laugh through it. Because <laughs> sneezes look pretty funny when you can't hear the sound effects to them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, but anyways, to, back to, to a topic. Um, so today we will be discussing... Uh, TV, great single episodes of TV shows. Now, what I tried to do is keep away from any, like, single parts to a larger episode. So, like, if it's a two-parter or a three-parter, I didn't usually add it just because, is that really one episode? Nah, because kind of dependent on other ones. But I don't know how you, you know, like, play loosey-goosey with it if you can think of any that are great. Because there are a lot of great episodes that do actually are just part of a larger episode list so well why, why are you uh, restricting yourself on that because i don't know like i guess it was just because like to me a lot of the great ones they're good episodes but they are kind of dependent on having the second one or a third one or whatever but, but that's beside the point like i said we'll, we'll see if i i play i you know, i'm you know you know me like i don't always stick with it and just 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 out of curiosity what's an example uh oh um the two-parter that introduces michelle forbes in um battlestar galactica Ooh, yeah that's a good one yeah she's her character like especially with like you know knowing where it goes from there she's that that's a great two-part episode uh the pegasus when they show up but uh yeah she has a great character arc in that series too oh so you have watched all that one i couldn't remember if you oh, watched oh, Battlestar. i saw every episode Okay, I couldn't uh, remember if you had or not. So, no, you know what? Honestly, I I would put two one uh, two parters on there because it's it's basically a long episode. Yeah. Well, okay. I it, I will just say the list I've got put on here. I do not have any two parters on there. Uh, but right. I will. I don't always. You know, like like I said, I usually set these restrictions for myself. They get changed halfway through half the time when I think of something great to go with. Anyways, I play yeah, it loose. Yeah. Well, but, it, you're going to be bringing more to the table than I will today. You know, but again, I'm I'm just here to riff off of. I guess the one I'm going <laughs> to start with though is the one that actually kind of triggered this idea, which was I was listening to a cop, an episode of Major Spoilers, and they were doing a review of Legend of Korra. Now, it's not a Legend of Korra episode. It's actually from the the show that came before it, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh -huh. But for some reason, some of the stuff they were mentioning made me think of this episode. And it's the episode that stands out the most, even though it's really kind of, it could be considered a throwaway episode to most people. Is it the beach episode? No. It is oh, Tales, of Boss, so Tales of Bossing Say. The one that's like a series of smaller episode, smaller stories when like it just happens that all the characters are in Bossing Say at this point in time. So you have like... Uh -huh. You have the story of of Aang helping the the zookeeper guy. You have a, a Momo mm -hmm. small video, you know, small clip. But let's face it, the standout is the Uncle Iroh story of oh. him going around and helping these people, and then it Don't ends. And then it ends cry. with just that really touching moment where you realize everything was leading up to him going to basically the grave of his son. Uh -huh. Who died in the Battle of Bossing Say, and I'm like, that episode just stands out. But like all the ep all the little like mini stories within that episode are just really good. I mean, seeing uh, Zuko go on his date, even though uh -huh. he's really awkward with it, uh -huh. and you have that great uh, girls' day out at, uh, piece with uh, Toph uh, and um, oh god, I just lost her name. <laughs> oh Jesus! Help me out, Tony. What was what, uh, the main? I, I uh, went blank. Oh, Katara. Uh, Katara. Thank you. God dang it! That was going to drive me nuts. Um. Yeah, but like that. You know where they go to the the spa and everything, and uh -huh. it was just, I'm about due for a rewatch on that series. I haven't I haven't watched it in a few years now. 
I was thinking the same thing. Uh, that was actually the only episode on this list I actually physically rewatched because I wanted to remember all the different mini stories. That's pretty crazy because there's so many episodes in that series that, that any uh, a, a person could pick. There's a lot of really good individual uh, episodes. The two-parter at the end of season one with the the, the Water Nation where mm-hmm. you have the fish that becomes like the water god or whatever. Mm-hmm. But one that one that I was thinking of was the Bloodbender episode. That one creeps me out to this. Yeah, that was kind of a tw- that was kind of a twisted one in the long yeah. run. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah no, I definitely uh, do yeah. for a rewatch. That's, that that's like, and I have all of Legend of Korra, just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. So um, I, I haven't to- picked that one up yet, but I'm good. I- I'm sure once I rewatch Last Airbender, I'll be like, yeah, it's time to buy it. To to check it out, yeah, see see yeah. where it goes. But man, yeah, that, I mean, that I, whole I show is awesome. The- but. Yeah, I saw the first ep- uh, season of Korra, but I stopped after that because uh, uh, Cartoon Network at the time when they were airing it were uh, were bastards. They they, they they didn't do that series any favors. Well, actually, it was Nickelodeon. Oh, that's right. Nickelodeon. <laughs> uh, you, you know what I meant, though. They, they, yeah, they, I know. They completely just, shit. They completely shit the bed when they try to air that. I, ju- I just had to throw in the well, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, that's just a throwaway episode. It could be considered a throwaway episode from season two of the last, uh, Avatar, the last airbender. But to me, yeah. it's one of the shining episodes, but now, okay. Uh-huh. The beach episode. Now, now you got me wondering which one was the beach episode. You don't remember the beach episode. They, they all, it's, I think it was right before the finale. In fact, if I remember right, but no, they all, they all just wind up going to the beach, the good guys, the bad guys. They, all, they don't know that, that each, of the, each other's there. Hmm. And they're all just spending a day at the beach. You don't remember that episode? It was so fun. I'm going to have to go. I, well, it's been a while since I've watched the whole show. Uh, uh, so I need to go back. So, okay. But yeah, so that was the, that was the one that triggered this. Oh, man. Now yeah. I'm going to go for one. I don't remember real well, but you'll probably remember this episode better than I will because it is an episode of The Shield. It is not the season series finale, though. It is a season finale, though, uh, because it is a single episode that yeah, yeah. T- train takes this show <laughs> on a specific path for the rest of the way, and that is, it's called Falling Dominoes. I had to look that one up. Season 2, episode 13, the infamous Armenian money heist, or money nice. train. I wasn't sure if you were going to go with that episode or, or if you are going to go with the, the the grenade sandwich episode. That still hurts too much. I can't talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, that Armenian money heist, uh, by all rights, it could have just been a throwaway um, caper yeah. in the middle in the middle of a larger series, you know, but well, and it that, has deep, that's, deep repercussions for them. That's why I decided to go with this one. I figured it was more for the impact it has. On everything that follows, than it mm-hmm. was, I guess, just the episode itself. And when you know what's going on, that's a perfectly named episode too. Because yeah, it's the beginning of the, the first. The first fall. domino falls, and then it just yeah. cascades from there. Yeah. Um, and like I said, this is one of them I wanted to go back and rewatch, but I need to re get logged into Hulu and all that so I could watch it. Yeah. And so, like, but then again, I'm due to watch the rest of that show anyways i need to just sit down and push past the grenade sandwich (laughs) i mean still still gun to my head i still think that's the best tv show ever made i still believe that (sighs) see i i don't know there's a lot of shows that i i will oh oh, yeah there's many great ones but no if somebody said you know you, you could have so that is one. so you're saying the shield is like your your desert island TV show. If you were straight Definitely. on the island and you only had the one TV show, that would be your desert island TV show. Definitely, there are just some there. There's just some pieces okay. of media that once you come across them, you just know that's the one. And that's my TV show. Like my comic book is the pre- is preacher. Just the greatest story ever see, told in that. I medium. go okay. See see now you brought up another whole can of worms. Is Preacher the greatest? Like to me, it's like I I will argue with myself. I think till my last breath on whether it's that or why the Last Man, two books that are just like every year I could reread them, and every mm-hmm. year I'll enjoy them like it's the first time I've read them. Mm-hmm. No, my my one two is 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 probably Preacher and Scalped. Oh, see, you can't go wrong with Scalped either. Yeah. 
that Scouts, is ba- basically the basically the uh, the comic book version of Shield. Well, it's not the same storyline, but you feel and, just as dirty going through it. And let's face it, you know, Jason Aaron is like pretty much a more modern Garth Ennis. Like I can, uh-huh. you, I mean, like there's uh-huh. a reason Jason Aaron took over Punisher Max and ran with it and made it a great uh-huh. show. But yeah. there's our. But anyway, okay, put the yeah, put the get, list for the get, first the first derailment there. Yeah, yeah. Let's get ourselves back on track. Um, back to TV shows. Okay, so I will now go with. Uh, I guess since I've already mentioned the hollowed Battlestar Galactica, I do have a episode on here. Okay, it this is, will be interesting. I still haven't seen that series at all. Battlestar Galactica? Mm. But we were just talking about Michelle Forbes showing up, and you were talking about how awesome the show was. You were talking about... I thought you were talking about her on uh, DS9. No, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, no, she wasn't even in DS9. I'm thinking her on Next Generation. Yeah, I, uh, we, we got our wires completely crossed. No. Okay, I that's why I was like, oh, man, I didn't even know you've watched this. No, yeah, she plays... Okay, then little little side topic. Yes, she plays... Um, in Battlestar Galactica's second season, she plays the captain of another ship that finally finds the Galactica, but she is fucking batshit insane. Can, can, can we just appreciate how awesome she is as an actress? She, oh, yeah. she, bring, she, she brings something to every series she lands on. But at the same time, like the batshit insanity of her character is completely played with this very... Like, subtle nuance that just makes her character... It's like, she seems, like, perfectly straight and narrow at the beginning, and then, like, you slowly kind of see the cracks mm-hmm. in the armor until finally it's just she's completely gone. But anyways, so uh, it's the first episode of the actual ongoing series, because, of course, there was the miniseries that kicked off Battlestar Galactica. Um. But it's called 33, and this episode is like just attention. It's it's a boiler pot of an episode. It's called 33 because every 33 minutes, this flotilla that they're basically running at the moment has to jump because somehow the Cylons keep finding them. So like everybody's just losing their minds because like they, there's no chance to get to sleep because every 33 minutes, they have to jump again. What other series had a... Had a- had a storyline like that. I feel like I've heard that one before. The, the, and it uh, might be. The, but, um, the good guys constantly jumping to stay ahead of the bad guys. But it's like, yeah, and it's like they can't figure out how they're, you know, how, how the Cylons are finding them. And it leads to a point that, similar to the Armenian money train, there's an, yeah. the end of that episode does have ramifications in later seasons because there's a point where they figure out how they're tracking them, and it was this one ship that, like, everybody thought was civilian, but when it finally catches up to them, like, cause it, like they make one of the jumps, it doesn't show up at first, and later it finds them again. And they put together that it has to be this ship, because the Cylons didn't come when this ship wasn't there. Mm. So they have to destroy to de- decide to destroy if they're going to destroy this ship or not with all these civilians possibly on board, and they end up doing it. And the re- the the ramifications on Apollo end up like carrying on, and it's it's just, it's a great thing. But like just the buildup of this whole thing of you know every thirty three minutes they have to jump again, so like nobody's getting sleep. Mm. And it's just a boiler pot, you know, boiler pot of an episode. I could swear I've heard a storyline similar to that in, a, in something else. Oh, there probably is. I won't take I, away uh, the fact that it's probably been done before. Oh, I, I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that to like discredit, like, oh, that's unoriginal. It's just, I just, I well, swear. I, I, there are how many, there are only so many stories in the world. And let's yeah. face it, there are a lot of great episodes of TV that are probably riffs on something that came before it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pro- it was probably inspired by something else. So. Yeah, but no, but, that uh, that episode is like, and if you haven't seen Battlestar Galactica, I, re- I mean, it's only four seasons. It's, I think it, I think it has one of the best, one of the best. I won't say the best because I do think there's other season series finales that work better. I know a lot of people hated the series finale of Battlestar. I loved it. I thought it wrapped up just uh-huh. fine. Great, great show, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you need to watch that one at some point in time. Just give it a shot. Uh, well, while you were talking about, it, I was I was looking it up on iTunes. I'm like, oh, that's forty nine ninety nine for the whole series. It's not bad. Oh, 
It's not streaming anywhere. I'm shocked it's not I, on any I, kind of. I didn't. I didn't even look, but it probably. Is. I'm shocked that's not streaming somewhere. Okay, so now for the next one, this one, like I was, I was, I'm in a in in a torn situation because I want to put Firefly on this to represent a show oh. that was amazing that just deserved to get so much more attention but got once again kind of like legend of Korra, got completely shit on by the company that was releasing it uh-huh and i so i didn't know whether i wanted to go with out of gas or war stories both really strong episodes mm-hmm. out of gas of course the episode where mal's injured he sends everybody else from the ship away and he flashes back and it kind of shows you how everybody came to be on the on the serenity But then you got War Stories, which has like probably some of the best moments between Mal and uh, Wash, because it's the one where they get kidnapped by the the old man that they did wrong, Uh and so Mal and uh, Mal and Wash are getting tortured. And of course, since Wash isn't a military guy, he's falling apart in it. So Mal starts like poking and prodding him about like, well, maybe I'll just sleep with Zoe when we get back to the ship and everything. And you're at first you're like, why the fuck is he being such a dick? And then you realize, no, what he's doing is trying to give Wash a reason to keep himself alive. He's getting mm-hmm. him angry so that he will, you know, not be broken by this situation. And I love both those episodes. So I didn't. So I guess it's technically it's a twofer because I couldn't I couldn't decide on one or the other. Well, that's all right, man. That series is it's it's a travesty that it got did dirty like it did. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I mean, like, and I don't think there was a single episode of that show that was really bad. I mean, sure, there's episodes I'm like, eh, they're probably not as good as the other ones. Mm-hmm. But man, like those two, and then of course, objects in space always stands out to me too. The one with the bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. That's but a that, great one. But that one bothers me because it you never get the payoff to some of the stuff that's said in that that episode. Who was the bounty hunter again? Was it Idris Elba? Um, no, it was the guy that played the main villain in, uh, Crow City of Angels. Okay. That doesn't help me, but... Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it, it's, you, you, you know, uh, I'm not going to say what my thought came on. It is a black actor, yes, but it is not Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, were you, were you going to make, they all look the same reference? I was going to say, wow. yes, I know to you, Tony, they all look the same. Um... Oh, God. But yeah, so like I said, I, I argue between those two because I really like those two episodes. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, one, yeah, you get the episode that explains how everybody came to be on Serenity and who they were, you know, who they were uh-huh. before and that kind of stuff. But then the other one, you get just such great little character moments of, you know, between Wash and... And Mal, and I'm of course Nathan Fillion. He's he's a guaranteed win, and I think I'm probably going to mask his name because I do not know how to pronounce Alan Alan Tudyk Tudyk. I, 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 I think I think yeah, I think you're right. Which is like that must have been fun growing up. Yeah, so like I never knew how to pronounce <laughs> it, so like I'm always worried I'm going to ma- just like completely destroy it. But yeah, but, but yeah, that's definitely a solid one. I mean. Um, one I want to throw out there, and I know we kind of talked about it before we started recording, is uh, the finale of the Shield. Yep, and like I said, I mean, there there was thoughts of doing like at some point in time doing a, a best series finale, but I will gladly talk about it again. That one would would definitely come up on my list because uh, it's you know like I already said I'm already a little bit biased because I already feel that's one the, the best uh, television show ever made. Sorry, uh, dealing with the baby dog. No, you're you're just fine. <laughs> I kind of guessed from the looking everywhere around. Yeah, well, you got to make sure she's not chewing on something. No um, shit. But uh, um, no, this I mean the uh, the series. The reason this episode is so great is Michael Chiklis' performance in it, because his character Vic Mackey through the whole series is a piece of shit. He's yeah. Only, he's 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 only in it for himself. But. I do like the fact there's. I like the fact that there's the argument though. The is he a necessary piece of shit? Exactly, and uh, but but you know, like like we mentioned earlier, that uh, uh, Armenian money train derailed them in any way. Any chance of possible redemption down the line that these men were going to have evaporated with each passing day. 
it got worse and worse and worse for him. Thanks to that that sick, sick bitch that uh, Walton Goggins <laughs> marries. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I really, I really do feel like. I mean, I know, like, we haven't had this conversation on on the podcast, but like, yeah, if you take her out of that, I don't think it goes as far off the rails. But uh, you know, so he's so he's doing everything he can all through the series to stay one step ahead of of the law. Um, for a while there, he's trying he's trying to stay one step ahead and protect his boys, but. As the walls are closing uh, in, he's, he's, he he starts feeding them to the wolves. Poor poor Gargaki. He yeah he does he does he just everything he can to stay one one step ahead to to the point where his only out left is to join the FBI. He wants to join the FBI, and the only reason he wants to join is once he's an FBI agent, he'll have immunity from everything he did in the past. Yeah. But so nobody else he, will, of course. But mm-hmm. so he has to in, in his interview for the FBI. He has to come clean on everything he's done. Yep. So, so he has to tell them that he's a cop killer. That uh, he he framed several people along the way, and uh, so his new his new coworkers have no choice but to keep keep him around. But they corral him. Oh yeah, caged they go, animal. They, they 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 set him down at a desk and be like, "You're never going to be on the street again. Here are your terms. We're going to hire you. You're stuck at a desk. You're going nowhere. If you break any of these terms, the immunity is off." Yeah, he's and he, and knowing his character, he wants to be. He needs to be on the street. Oh yeah, that's that's where he that's where he belongs. So like. It's one of those things where it's like you almost feel like him dying in the field would have been a better uh, ending for him than so being it was a mo- stuck it was a at a desk. Paw thing for him. It was a monkey's paw thing for him. He got what he wanted, which was his immunity, but it cost him everything. It cost him his coworkers, his friends, his wife, his family. Well, he, he loses his wife like fairly early in the show, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Isn't well, she for, gone by like for, the end of season one? Oh no, she's there through the whole series, but their relationship. Well, what is I mean is, she divorces him. I think at the end of season one, wasn't it? I, I can't remember if it was that early, but but it's because of his actions, of his doing everything he can to stay one well, step yeah. of the law, that it costs him everything he holds dear, right? And the, and right up to the point of his freedom. And um, I don't know if you listened to the last episode that aired that uh, of the the my podcast. It came out like last night at twelve a.m. because of a typo error on my uh, uploading stuff uh-huh. but um there's the episode of Ger- uh, there there I talked about heist movies and Gerard Butler's character in den of thieves is I, I can't argue he's basically a take on Vic Mackey he oh, is nice. that guy that you know he does what he'll do whatever it takes to get his guy mm-hmm. it's not always the clean thing it's probably necessary but he he's losing every he he loses his wife and you can tell like there is a great moment it's probably the first time I actually could say Gerard Butler really showed he has an acting range where he gets in a car and he realizes he's lost his wife and daughter <laughs> and he just he breaks down and it's probably like I said the first time I really thought like okay there's acting range in Gerard Butler holy shit I always just look at him as this is Sparta kick a guy into a hole. And I always remember him as uh, the sidekick who eventually turns out to be the villain in in, in uh, one of those Tomb Raider movies. I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one. Oh God, I know one of them was Daniel Craig and one of them was him. Yeah, I can't remember. That which, is so weird to think about that. By the way, the fact that Daniel yeah. Craig and Gerard Butler. Well, the other thing is, funny, is you really want to know what the first thing. I, another tangent here. You know what the first movie I ever saw Gerard Butler in, and it's really weird. Dracula 2000. He played Count Dracula. Oh, what a horrible casting choice. Wow. Oh, he actually did. I, I actually like that movie. It's unapologetically bad. Um, But anyways. But back on to topic. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that's a, that, is a, that is a strong episode. I mean, given I've watched that one with, without remembering most of the final season. Uh-huh. Like I, 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 in fact, I don't even know if I watched all of the last season. I know I watched the finale 
because I could see where things were going, and I just wanted to see that ending sequence because you'd hyped it up so much, and I wanted to see if it would live up to the hype. Well, well, yeah, like I mentioned before, it's like when you see him realize what the situation is, he looks like a caged panther. He's pacing back and forth, and just like, what am I going to do? I... I'll never be on the street again. Yeah, but I almost got the feeling like there's a little bit of sadness there too because it's almost like I almost got the feeling like he's probably going to go home and swallow a bullet because he realizes he's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so um, now I'm going to go to, you know, this this is where my technical, uh, technically my my cheating my own rules comes into play, I guess, because it's not technically a full-on show. It was a mini-series. That's Band of Brothers, episode six, simply entitled Bastone. And for some reason, of all the episodes in that 10-episode series, this is the one that I've loved the most. You know, you've, you know, given knowing it's based on a true story is way harder to watch the episode. But it's just, you know, it's simply a story of them being trapped in the woods, basically, in the middle of winter, undersupplied. And it follows the medic, who's kind of a character that really, up until that point, you see him a couple times, but he's not a major character. And he's really not a major character afterwards either, but it follows the medic and how he, you know, him going through this stuff with, you know, constant attacks, you know, low on supplies to patch up the guys as they're getting attacked. Uh oh. She getting into stuff? Uh, no, sorry. Okay. Uh, no, you're I, fine. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to distract you there. No, no you're uh, fine. I just wanted to check on her. No, I get it. She's at pup. that age. At that age, they're, they're like they're like yeah. children. Where if you don't hear something for very long, it's already too late. Check. Yeah, yeah you might want to check. And see but what's it going was on. yeah. But no. Um. But yeah. No. So it's you know, like I said, it's dug in into this forest, constantly under attack by the by the the enemy troops. This medic, and every once in a while, he goes into Bastone proper. And there's kind of almost like a hinted at relationship with this, you know, nurse in the town. But then, like, the last time he goes back to this the town in this thing, it, the church that she, you know, that they were using as this hospital in town was bombed out. And all he finds is, like, this, this rag she had on her head the entire episode. And it's kind of just, it's just this great moment that drives home the you know, the true horrors of war. And it wasn't just in these battlefields that the horrors were taking place. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a great episode. But yeah, it's... Well, nothing in Band of Brothers is really easy to watch. I mean, you're talking <laughs> about world... The, the, you know, the worst parts of World War II. I mean, mm. you have a whole episode where they find the first concentration camp. And it, it is a brutal episode to watch. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah, ever watched that. That's another one. series. I know that's another series oh. I haven't got into, only because I that subject matter really does make me uncomfortable. I mean, because that was a horrible war. No, it was. But so you're, you're like, the person watch who that. watches Schindler's List to make themselves feel better. <laughs> well, when you when you're feeling really down, you watch that movie and you're reminded somebody some people had it a hell of a lot worse than you ever will see that that is a totally different takeaway from that movie than i ever get i actually feel worse because i'm like people went through that stuff that not saying it's not a great movie but that's a movie i've watched twice in my lifetime and that i'm i feel like that's enough because it was just uh, it'll, i won't say enough because i could see watching it again at some point in time but that mm-hmm. movie is yes it's got an uplifting ending in a way but man, to get there is like you earn that uplifting ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's a hard one for me to to watch regularly. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, you know, because like it's like uh, I feel that way with Saving Private Ryan. After uh, I watched that in the theater, I'll never watch it again because it's it, that, that was enough. That is still like oh, I've watched that movie several times, but that movie is still one of the few movies I will I will admit every time. The last line of that movie hits. There's tears in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Just there's there's no two ways about it. But but yeah, so I don't know. World War Two is it's a hard one. It's a it hard is. one for me to watch, which is weird because I love I I love stories where uh, it you know like in other media I guess you know like comics and whatnot where 
<clears throat> I love stories that um, portray war and, and don't glorify it. They don't make you think, you know, oh, it's a badass thing to get into. It's like, no, they. I love stories that show you that no, there's no real winners. There's just varying degrees of losers. Oh, yeah. Um, I still think one of the best taglines for a war movie is actually for Platoon, which I didn't think that was the greatest movie. Mm-hmm. But, of course, about Vietnam. But the whole, the whole catch line to the movie was the first casualty of war is innocence. And I'm like... Exactly. That mm-hmm. is like a gut punch just in your freaking tagline for your movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. but no, uh, but no, Band of Brothers. I still, f- I, I think it's it's some of the best stuff HBO Max has ever put out, or HBO, mm-hmm. I should say, because that was long before right. HBO Max, of course. Mm-hmm. It's a shame the Pacific didn't deliver. Um, but yeah, man. that's quite a statement because man, HBO has quite a pedigree for good for good they series. They do, but. Like that show is just like once again, it's another one where like every episode is a am- is really really good. Yeah, it's not one I could watch, you know, because of the subject matter. I couldn't watch it, you know, regularly, and uh-huh. it's it's driven home by the fact that you have the actual people who went through this doing interviews at the beginning and end of the episodes. And in the last episode, they actually reveal that like these people you're seeing the interviews with, like they tell you who they exactly are. So, cause, like, they didn't want to give away who survived and who died in this, you know, throughout this story kind of thing. On top of the fact that the cast of Band of Brothers alone is worth watching. I mean, it's it's got a huge cast in the long run. Sorry, uh, I don't know if you saw me on camera there, like, shaking my head. It, it's not what you were saying. Oh, no, you're fine. I, I thought it was, but I'm sure it was something no, going on no. between Jose and Mia. Yeah, the old man was walking out of the room, and she just casually strolls behind him, and you know she's just, she's strolling behind him to wreck his day. It's <laughs> they have an they have an interesting dynamic. Yeah, well, we'll see how it settles. We'll see what it looks like when the dust settles. Yep, pretty much. Because he 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 beats her ass every day. It's like, don't get her to back off. <laughs> So uh, I, I don't know if you've got any other ones that have come to mind yet. No, unfortunately, okay. I'm sorry. No, you're, no, you're fine. I'm just, I'm just seeing. Like, I was just checking, giving you the I option mean, before I push forward. I, I can throw some out there, but it's just hacky because you, you can find like YouTube lists that would say the same thing. You know, like uh, like Jurassic Park and uh, and Futurama. See, I Which, that see now you're getting into a show I've never watched, and I know you you've you roll your eyes on that one most of the time I say because like oh my god how have you not watched that? I didn't so recall because like I was so burned out by The Simpsons by the time that one came out, and it's from the creators of The Simpsons. I'm like, nah, I don't need to watch the more humor, of their stuff. The humor in it's different though; it's more it's way more sarcastic. It's a lot of fun, but uh, and at some point in time, I, I'll go and watch it. And and I know I've told you before that series has one of the most satisfying finales ever. And that, that's so why good. at some point in time I'm gonna sit down and just push through it all. But but you know Jurassic Park I'm sure this episode you've heard about is that the infamous one where it explains what happened to his dog. Yes. Oh God. It it it, it, it makes me cry every time I see it. Animated just, show that makes me want to cry in an episode I've never even seen. Yeah. yeah. Just well, I've heard you know, it explained. Because if you're if you're a dog lover like we are, it it hits it hits hard. Yeah. You, you know because the main character Fry, you you, you understand the you, you know the premise of the series already. Wasn't right? he like he got frozen for like yeah, hundreds of yeah. years or whatever? Yeah, he goes to make a pizza delivery and shenanigans happen, and, and he gets to, he falls into a cryogenic to, uh, uh, chamber pod or yeah. chamber or whatever, and. Uh, it wakes up in the future. Well, this episode is uh, focuses on his dog in the present time. You know, his master just disappeared, and he's still tied up to like a fire hydrant, isn't he, or something like that? Or it, I don't think it was actually his quote unquote dog, but no, it, it was a dog that I think maybe it was a stray that that they just formed a bond because the dog would go out in front of the pizza parlor that that. Uh, Fry worked at, and he would wind up getting handouts from him every day. Okay. And so after Fry di- uh, gets frozen, every day for the rest of that dog's life, it it goes and waits in front of the the pizza part the place pizza place for him. And he never comes back, but the dog and still he never waits. Comes 
Uh huh. Until until the day he dies, and and everybody sees his dog coming and going, and and it starts to become like a uh, an attraction of the area that oh, there's that dog. And what's what's great, what's int- as heartbreaking as that story is, it's based on a true story. That uh, I didn't know about that. It's based it's based on a true story. There was a dog that did the very same thing in Japan. Oh where, shit! Um, I can't remember if his owner went off to war and died, or if it died in one of the bombings. Oh. And so the dog would come to the same spot every day, looking for its master. Every day, and it got so famous that it not only was it a tourist attraction. There's actually a statue now of that dog. Oh, jeez! In the in the spot where it, where uh, it used to wait. Oh, crud! You know, I was uh, I was actually thinking though when you were you know you were talking about like for some reason this thought popped into my head because you were talking about you know it's a dog that's out there waiting in front of a a pizza place. I'm like, so does that make it the original pizza dog? I would say so. I mean, I'm sure it was quite a bit before uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye run. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no. I mean, but but no. I just felt that was like really, really hacky because like if you ever look up like a uh, top ten best TV episodes of all time, it shows up on everybody. Yeah, list. but if it, if it's an episode, this I mean, like you know, yeah, like if it if it stands out to you, talk about it. I I have no like I said, you know, like given do like how many of them on here do I have that like I mean. I don't know, like, I'd ha- I haven't looked at too many lists of, like, best single episodes of TV. So, like, I was trying to dodge that because, yeah, I didn't want to be colored by it. But at the same time, right. if it's right. an episode that speaks to you, it speaks to you. Yeah, uh, and that one's a great episode. I mean, even if you don't want to watch the whole series, watch that episode. It, it, it really tugs at the heartstrings. Okay, I get I get uh, it. And like I said, at some point uh, in time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down and watch that show. Mm-hmm. And all the the mini movies they made out of it too, because uh-huh. I know they did like a series of movies with it too. Yeah, all of it was so good. Oh god, it's such a good series. Okay, but it. Hmm. Uh, oh so no, I, you, go ahead. I was just. No, I was, was going to say, where are you going next? Uh oh. Okay. Um. Okay. Do I want to? You know, I'll, I'll go with it. Uh, here's one that it's the first episode of a show, and I went with this one because. It tackles stuff that came before it in movie form really well, especially for one they didn't have the rights to do some of the stuff, and that's the episode El Jefe from Ash vs. the Evil Dead. It's the very first episode of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Okay. Which, by all rights, that show could have been just a train wreck because I can't remember which movies they had rights to acknowledge and which ones they didn't. I'm assuming I'm assuming it's a uh, 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 Army of Darkness because when whenever you go to try to buy those movies in, in like a, a collection, Army of Darkness is always separated out. And that's that's I think that is right. But but anyways, yo. So yeah, you you've got Ash, you know Bru- the the great Bruce Campbell, uh-huh. fully acknowledging how old he is in the beginning of this show. He's still working at he's not working at S Smart because they can't call it S Smart. That's that's right. That's, that makes it. It can't be uh, Army of Darkness because Army of Darkness is the only one that mentions S Smart. Because shop smart, shop S Smart. Right. Um, but he works at like I can't remember what they call the place. And you know, at the beginning of this episode, it shows him like doing the usual like getting ready for war kind of thing. Except it's like <laughs> him putting himself into a girdle and stuff <laughs> like that because he's got a date. And then. It flashes to the next morning, and stuff starts going weird. And you find out the night before, he and this date, they got really high and really drunk. And she found the Necronomicon, because for whatever reason, he's using it as like a table, you know, like under a table leg or something like that, from what I remember. (laughs) And she reads from it, thus starting the thing again. But he doesn't remember this when he gets up in the morning. So then it just becomes like it it sets the pace for what was a really good three season show. You know, it 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 pays enough tribute to the the Evil Dead movies while at the same time kind of having fun with it. You know, like Uh he does get to go back to his hometown where everybody thinks he was the person who killed everybody at the cabin in the first movie. And all this stuff. In fact, they even actually brought back the actress that played his sister in the original one in that series, I think in season two. 
Oh wow! Oh yeah, it was like it was crazy. Like, but like, I'm, I was wondering how many people would really know that that were watching that show when it was on TV, though. I'm gonna have to watch that at some point. I don't know why I haven't gotten to it yet. I think maybe when it was airing, I was like, uh, it's probably gonna be a train wreck, and so I just left it alone. It's it's a really fun three seasons. So it's yeah. and it's it's also like from what I remember, it's also like it's another one of them where it's only like thirteen episode seasons. So it's not like a whole lot of episodes, right? But man, it's Does, fun. Doesn't it have Doesn't it have uh, Lucy Lawless in it too? Yes. I yeah. forgot. Yeah, she plays. Um, I freaking love her. She plays a demon, nice. <laughs> and she's she's a bad guy, then kind of a good guy, then kind of like just that morally gray character that kind of will help you as long as your her it, your your plans feed I her almost, intentions. I, I almost wonder if they if they they did that casting choice and had her character act like that. On purpose to, to flip the the Xena dynamic, because in Xena, he was a, a guest star on the show, and he was the morally great well, character where he flipped back and forth between yeah. a good guy and well, a bad guy. It, it all, well, that that is a that is a more subtle thing, but you know, there's also the the really glaring thing of she's married to Rob Ta- Tappert, who mm. is uh, like best friends with Sam Raimi and the showrunner. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Chances are there's probably a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. her, though. God, she's, I think she's one of the most beautiful women ever. She's also in Battlestar Galactica, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, just, j- j- just, just throwing that out there to give you a little more incentive. Yeah, so you get well, Michelle Forbes, Katie Sackhoff, Trisha Helfer. I mean, I could keep going with some of the people that pop up oh, on the yeah. show. Oh, Grace Park. Oh god! Oh damn. god, she's so fine. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. And, 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 and Katie Sackhoff's the prime to me, but I'll, I'll, get, I'll give everybody else too. I, I mean, hell, even even the, the the woman that played the president was hot. Oh, uh, oh Jesus! Why can't in a, very, uh, in a very milf sort of way? Yeah, uh, like well, I can only think of her character's name, President Laura Roslin. But God dang, I know the I know the actress, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, she's oh yeah. And the the belief that her and Edward James almost were becoming a couple towards the end of that series is is really hard to believe. But maybe <laughs> maybe it's a Danny Trejo thing. You know, all the pits in his face makes him ruggedly handsome to her. I don't know. Maybe he, he or, or he, he's probably charming as all hell. Like I, oh, I imagine probably. he probably is. But um, but just just to finish talking up on that that episode though, it's like it also you know introduces some newer characters for the show because like he has his two sidekicks that work at the the store with him mm-hmm. that end up becoming like major part like they're they're kind of his posse for the rest of the show and they they make it really fun and then also you've got him getting attacked by little dolls like when the this stuff starts kicking off like these dolls start attacking him and it's very much the Bruce Campbell like slapstick comedy similar to him throwing nice. himself around the kitchen to the point that, was, that I'm like, that I was love another. That. that was another great experience for us when we went, when we went to the uh, the movie theater and watched that one. That one and Kittle. John Carpenter's The Thing. Those are the two we saw yeah. in that theater, and both of them. I was so happy I got to say I saw them in a theater because I was way too young for both those to see in theaters when they originally came out. So I wonder. I wonder. Oh, that was the Hollywood theater, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yes. I wonder. I wonder if it's even still in business because. They weren't. They weren't. They didn't seem like they were in great financial shape when we were going there because they were always looking for donations and stuff. Well, I think that was because I I think, and I can only imagine COVID ran them over. Yeah. See, I don't know how they would have done through COVID, but I think last time I checked, I thought they were still operating. I don't think they were ever necessarily in financial trouble. I think they were doing donations to try to get like other movies because, of course, they probably had to pay to get the thing like that. Was it sixteen millimeter print of the thing or whatever it was that we saw? Because I mean, it's, uh-huh. unfortunately, it's not like you can just go and show a movie to the public without permission. Unfortunately, they recently showed uh, the Warriors in thirty five millimeter. Oh, that would have been <sighs> awesome. My heart. <laughs> <sighs> Say but anyway, lovely. anyway, sorry. Um, but, no, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 still alive and kicking, which. I'm pleasantly surprised by that. That is that is 
one theater that I hope never gets shut down just because like they're doing the Lord's work by getting those old movies. And I know like they, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do like Wednesday Kung Fu theater where they get like just some of those slocky seventies Kung Fu flicks. Uh, yeah, man. So what's left on your list here? I've got two left and I know for sure one of them you probably have not watched. Um, I'm getting ready for the the theme of this whole thing. What? That's pretty much been the theme of this whole thing, it seems. Oh no, you've watched you've watched a <laughs> chunk of them. Yeah. Um, what, what is it? But that is season six, episode eleven of Smallville, simply titled Justice. And I can hear the eye roll through. I know, but it was probably just because it it is totally a, a just a fan service thing because it's the first episode where you get all the characters they've kind of introduced previously that go on to become other superheroes so you have arthur curry showing up Mm -hmm. you have bart allen you have cyborg it's like kind of like their version of the justice league gets together for this episode it's just a fun episode i mean it's yeah it's it's ham-fisted and i will (laughs) i will defend smallville as being way better than it has any right to be except for season eight if you could just cut season eight out and like make season seven play to season nine just fine, that show would be better because season eight was just like a train wreck because season seven, the original showrunners leave and they it seemed like they just purposely were like, oh, you're taking over? Here, let us fuck you as hard as we can so you don't know how to what to do with this shit. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Yeah, that- I heard Uh-oh. that. Yep. Oh, oh, you heard that? Yeah, yeah, that's just... That's just Jose putting his foot down again. God. But anyway, wow, that really derailed us. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Um, but no, yeah, no, that show, that show, like, yeah, Smallville, that, that show was like, like I said, I freely admit it's not the greatest show that was ever put on there. It is definitely a product of the CW. But there were some good things that came out of it to me. Like, I really like, I think Tom Welling was a really good, uh, Clark Kent. Would I ever want to see him wearing the Superman costume? Probably not. I'm kind of glad they never show him in the Superman costume. You know what? When you mentioned, uh, you know, that being a CW show, I was starting to think, dude, there there are episodes of Supernatural that could have popped up on this list. But if I oh, never thought about it, you know what's really funny is like, yeah, I would easily put. I I, I didn't since I didn't do the research on. I couldn't tell you what episode or what season it was. But the one where uh, Dean keeps dying. Oh, you know, I was thinking of the one different where, ways. Or, uh, that is a great one. But the the one that that popped into my mind was um, what is it the season finale? Was it season two or three? Well, the one where where uh, the the gate of hell gets opened and their dad comes through it to to pull to pull the demon back. The red eyed de- or the yellow eyed demon. Well, the yellow eyed demon dies in. Season two, yeah, because I remember and, like, yeah, he, com- he comes and he grabs that demon, puts him in a chokehold, and pulls. And him back I want to say hell. season two is all the the finale of season two is also the one where Sam dies, but then Dean makes the deal with Ruby to mm-hmm. bring him back. And then, but that deal leads to him dying at the end of season three by the Hellhounds. That that show was such a clusterfuck as far as like it keeps going oh, back and forth. Well, like trying that. to trying well, to get the the timeline of it, yeah. But you can't take away the fact that that show, for starting out as just a, a freak of the week kind of series, uh-huh. it does like. Given I have not watched all of it because I stopped. I stopped when it was revealed that the the grandfather was alive. Yeah, but but you know, honestly, uh, you could stop with that series like after season four or maybe five at the latest. After that, it's just it's just spinning its wheels. But but I say this as a person that watched every episode. Well, yeah, like to me, like it kind of got a little too too much when you introduce the fact that oh no, Sam and Dean were always meant to be like the avatars of good and evil. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing here, really? But at the same time, like, I'm sure even in the later seasons, there's great episodes, even if the whole show, the show as a whole, might not have been great. But then uh-huh. I love some of the actors, like, uh, was it Crowley? 
The guy, the oh, actor yeah. that plays Crowley, dude, he always plays a slimy bastard. Yeah, he's awesome. It was, it, it was, it, it sucks so bad that he ne- he refused to come back for the finale. Oh, did he? I never heard about that. Yeah, yeah, he re- he refused to come back because I I don't know if his like contract negotiations went really poorly, and that's why he was written off the show. And yeah, he he refused to come back. He he also plays a small part in Battlestar Galactica. That actor. Nice. Um, he, yeah, yeah, he's, he's only awesome. there for like two or three episodes, but he's he's just as slimy because he plays a lawyer in that one, and I'm like, oh yeah, slimy dirtbag, gotcha. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was yeah. So just a little throwaway Smallville episode that just was total fan service. Um, I mean, in hindsight, you have some decent actors playing the parts, but you know, yeah. Um, so that only leaves one more for me to really bring up it, you know, so I don't know if you've, you've discovered anything. Cause you, I think, I think I heard you go- using Google food possibly there for a second. Oh no, no. Okay. Um, and that is, I am going to throw a series for one series finale on here. And I don't know if you'll eye roll on this one or not, but, and that is the mash series finale. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. <laughs> I love this episode, not necessarily because of like you know, like don't get me wrong. I I think that Mash has probably one of the best endings in television, just because mm-hmm. you know it it wraps up the way it needs to. But this episode, like I was, I knew this episode was in the last season. I did not know it was the last episode, but I did it more for the beginning of the episode. It's like. Just like just after the ceasefire is put out for the Korean War, so things are winding down, mm-hmm. and Hawkeye has a like a breakdown in the in the 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 trauma unit basically, and then it goes back and explains how like leading up to this point in time, you know, they knew that this ceasefire was coming, so like everybody when they had a downtime went on this beach trip or whatever. And on the way back, they were on a bus and they picked up some, uh, ooh, everything okay? I heard a yelp. Oh, no, you must be hearing things because, yeah, Uh-oh. he's, the old man's comfortable. Oh, okay. But speak, but speak of the devil, she just ran into my room. Okay, it's like she knew I was talking about her. Um, uh-huh. But anyways, no, uh, so they, anyway, so like on their way back from this beach trip to the MASH unit, they pick up some like refugees and whatnot. And... They end up having to hide on the side of the road uh-huh. t- because, like, uh, uh, enemy troops were coming through. And while they're on this bus, this chicken, this lady's holding this chicken, and it just will not stop making noise. And he keeps telling her, you know, you need to, you need to do something. We don't want them to find us because the ceasefire hasn't happened. Something could still happen here. So she smothers this chicken. And then it goes into... Like him basically being in a, you know, like in therapy. And as it goes, you realize it wasn't a chicken she was holding. It was her baby. Oh. She smothered her baby to keep it quiet so they wouldn't get found by Korean soldiers. And that's what has broken him. And that's why, you know, at the end of the series, he flies away in the helicopter. Basically, he's getting his release because he's not mentally stable. But it has this great moment of when it clicks to 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 Hawkeye what really happened. Because, like, all he would kept telling him was like, no, she just, you know, smothered this chicken to make it be quiet. And the guy's like, well, then why are you so beat up about this situation? Like, trying to get the... And finally, it clicks to him like, no, it wasn't a chicken. It was a baby. And it's just oh, this this moment of Alan Alda like letting it settle in yeah. is just hard to watch, but it's wow. it was beautiful acting. It's it's a hard uh, episode, it really is. I, I wouldn't roll my eyes at that because one, I haven't I haven't even watched the series. Oh my but, god, uh, dude! I do not know. What you're doing. <laughs> I don't know what you've done with your life. Like, given I only watch Mash because I watch it with my parents for so long. Right. So. Right. And then in my household, uh, you know, my mom didn't want to watch it, so. Oh, I'm not wow. sure. I'm sure she did, but no, it wasn't a it wasn't a uh, sit around the TV and watch sort of a thing together. Okay, well, so. see, and that's that's that. Okay, admittedly, that was how Mash became part of my life. We'd have dinner, right. we'd get done with dinner, we'd watch a rerun of Mash, and then usually a newer episode, a new episode of Next Generation would come on after it. Nice. 
So that tells you, you know, the time frame. <laughs> you know, the shared, shared TV experiences with my mom was always uh, Family Feud and uh, Maury. Okay, well, I, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> she loved watching those both of those shows with me. It was so funny. Well, fam- Family Feud was always one of those ones, like, sadly, like, that, Price is Right, those kinds of games, or those kinds of shows, they stand out to me because they're always the ones I watched when I was homesick. Because they'd be on at that point. That and Perry Mason. Because you were guaranteed to get like five episodes of Perry Mason at noon on Channel 12 growing up. But yeah, no, the the later night ones would be, you know, like I said, after dinner it was usually MASH and Next Generation. Sometimes there would be original Star Trek, the original series. Uh But those ones don't stand out to me as well. Yeah. But... What's your, so what's your last one? That was my last one. The oh, goodbye, farewell, No, I let me look through my. No, yeah, that was the last one. I only had like nine written down. Oh, well, that, that's still a good list. Yeah, and it's like given the yeah, it is kind of funny that like most of us bringing up you haven't seen whether you know, uh-huh. but I, I, I can't <laughs> be mad at it. I just you know. Well, when you approached me about the, the, this topic, I, I I tried you know I warned you that I'm like I'm not a big TV person. Which is funny because I, I know there are shows that you rave about. So I guess to me it was just one of those things. I guess I didn't realize that it's like those are very isolated incidents yeah. in the oh, situation. Yeah, definitely. So like I said, you know, there's, you know, I, I, I think you watch something you usually don't watch as much as I have over the years watch because there's been shows like I just hear, oh my God, you got to watch this show and I'll sit down and watch it all. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really shocked, like, but you know, like, and I also kind of tried to keep it to to, I say older shows, but I mean, I guess some of those aren't really super old shows, but they're older. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I didn't put anything from like Stranger Things, or uh, even though I could easily put like an episode from, uh, oh god, the first season of Lock and Key had a couple episodes that I could mm-hmm. see standing out, yep. even though I've not watched a single episode since the first season because. To me, like I thought, they just rushed it too much in that first season. So I'm like, eh, it's not for me. I'm happy yeah. other people enjoy it, but it's not for me. You know, when you mentioned Stranger Things, the first thing that popped in my head was the Master of Puppets episode. That was so badass. That's just a great moment. <laughs> but no, that like I really think you know the sad thing about Stranger Things is as much as I like that show, season one is still the best season. There's been moments in later later seasons that are good. Like season three, I love the body horror aspect of season three. I think all of Netflix series follow that trajectory. The season ones are always really strong, get all the hype, and then and they just peter out after that. It happens every every time. I don't think they're the only ones guilty of that, though. I think a lot of shows, like, you'll have a good first... Like, I mean, let's face it. The Walking Dead, that first season was fairly strong. Yeah. I mean, given, was it perfect? No. But then it just, to me, like, season two was okay, but it got derailed by the writer's strike. Uh-huh. And then season three was the prison, and just like in the comics, that's where I was done. I'm like, okay, yep. it's just going to become more of the same. Yep. I can't yep. watch this. Which is a shame, because I really wanted, I wanted it to be good, but... It's one of those things where I just, you know, like, I mean, obviously there were enough people who liked it. I mean, it went for, what, ten seasons? Yeah. Well, then again, so the, the comic book ran forever, too. That it, well, the com- let's no face one. it, the comic, we, we, we both will probably agree that the comic book sh- comic book went way longer than what it should have. Absolutely. Because to me, yeah, once again, you get to the end of that prison, and yeah, you get the shocking moment of uh, Rick's wife dying with, his, with her baby. And then after that, it's just like, okay, yeah, I don't need to read anything else. Exactly. But well, yeah, all in all, that was that was a pretty great list. I mean, I'm shocked. Uh, I'm just shocked. Like I said, I I, I kind of partially expected like something to pop up out of it. I mean, given yeah, you you gave me the shield, like which I I will freely admit that final episode of the shield is really good, even though I haven't watched most of the season that came before it, but. <laughs> Because, yeah, like I said, the, the limb getting the grenade sandwich still, like, it, it's... And, and and I've noticed that there's a pattern with that and Sons of Anarchy, which is, of course, made by the, like, what, the protege of Sean Ryan, who did The Shield, uh-huh. Uh-huh. where 
the second Opie dies in Sons of Anarchy, I lost interest in that show because there was no saving Jax after that point in time. Yeah. As much as I love some of the other characters in that show. Yeah. Yeah, there was another series I didn't get into, unfortunately. Um... In hindsight, I don't think you're really missing too much. Like I said, I think there were some good moments. I mean, yeah, you do miss a subtle reference to the shield in the fact that Walton Goggins shows back up as, um, oh God, what is his? He plays a trans uh, transvestite, and he does use the Van Dam last name. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. It is a total ham-fisted like reference yeah. to the shield. Nice, Cletus nice. Van Dam. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, like one, one thing, one trapping, one uh, thing I uh, trapping I always seem to fall into, and this is probably why I haven't seen a lot of these really good series, is uh, uh I find myself when uh, when somebody when everybody's talking about a series, I'm like, eh. you know, oh, like yeah. you, get no, so, get you get so sick, you get so sick of hearing about it that you're like, you know what? Fuck that show. You, you go hipster it. about it. It's for you to admit. Yeah, I'm the same yeah. way with stuff. Like, I do it no, all the time. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. And, the, and the, <laughs> you know, the stupid the stupid thing about that is like 90% of the time when I get over that and just, okay, I'll watch the show now. I'm like, why, why didn't I watch it sooner? Everybody was right. Okay, I will admit. I, I, I get that a lot. Game of Thrones was one of those ones for me. Like, I was like, no, I'm so tired of people talking about it. And then finally, like, I read the books and I'm like, okay, I have to watch this show. Yeah. yeah. And I watched the show. Game I'm of like, Thrones okay. was one for me. More recently, it was that Wednesday. That I was so good. that one. It was, it was really good, but I got tired of everybody. It's always like that when a new Netflix series comes out. Oh my God, are you watching this? Are you watching this? No, I don't want to watch it because you guys won't shut up about it. But yeah, no, that, finally gave that one a shot. It's good. It's really good. It's a okay. lot of fun. And I, yeah, like, but while I was just min- while I was talking about uh, Walton Goggins, there, I'm like that. That makes me think at some point in time we're gonna have to do like an underrated actors discussion because uh-huh. Walton Goggins is definitely on that list to me. Like, I think everything oh, I've yeah. seen him in, he delivers. Uh huh. He plays a really good slimy bastard in Justified, which I've only watched like a couple episodes of that show. But he played he played a great piece of shit in Django Unchained. Oh God, yes, and he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't bad as kind of like a morally gray character in uh, Hateful Eight. But that movie mm-hmm. is hard to watch. I yeah. will like I own it. I've watched it several times, but it's like I really feel like that movie was Quentin Tarantino. Like he got pissed that the script leaked on it, so he just made a movie that was just brutal for the sake of making you hate watch, hate yourself for watching it to an extent. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, that... But no, Walton... Goddamn Walton Goggins. Yeah. Yeah, he's an impressive actor. Yeah. Yes, he is. And it's 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 just a shame he's never gotten that final breakthrough push. Maybe he's just it, one I, of them he doesn't want it. No, I think he's one of those where he's held back by his looks because he's not classically handsome. Well, no, but he could. You could get. You could give him a position like as the slimy villain that would really you know, let him shine. Yeah, because he he's like he's like a less he's like a less ugly version of Clint Howard. Where you're like, yeah, your looks are gonna hold you back forever. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna put this to I'm gonna put this to somewhat tape by saying. I'm I'm gonna reiterate a comment I made via text message that made you laugh. That Mark Harmon is the Kmart version of Kevin yeah. Costner, and I still can't believe like how that clicked in my head. It was just like I'm looking I'm like, oh my god, he's basically like the <laughs> he yeah, is an inner like you can't afford Kevin Costner, get Mark Harmon. Yep, yep. No, uh, every once in a while you get hit with those sudden clear. Clarity, Clarence's. You're like, how did I not see this? Animal? How did I not? How did I not realize it? Although I will say, I could never see Kevin Costner doing such a good job in uh, summer school. Mark Harmon is badass in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, re- I rewatched that a, a few months ago. And it, did it you really? Up, but but Did, it is, so it, what, is it on a streaming service somewhere? 
I think it's on Amazon Prime. I want to say. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to watch it just for the cheese factor. Because like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel like it. It would probably be like trying to watch like a lot of those movies that came out in that era. Where yeah, it doesn't hold up great, but if you have the nostalgia to it, it's probably still fun to watch. Uh huh. Yep. Oh Jesus. Oh. I I was thinking about that movie the other day when I was because you know. You know, I, like I was telling you, I've been, like, since my parents left, I've been on an NCIS kick, so, yeah. Nice. Well, well. I'm I'm addicted to Gibbs and Abby again. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, man. So, what do you think? You ready to wrap this one up? Yeah, I'll go ahead and, yeah, yeah, we, we've done a good hour and five minutes. So, yeah, yeah. and, you know, like, other, other than, you know, we've only had, like, three tangents, I mean, I think that's a new record, new record low for us, but, um... <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, we did a fairly good job staying on track. But, but okay, so I will now say then that thank you for listening, everyone. And I will put a thank you to you, Tony, for once again joining me. I mean, you join me more now that I've been across the country than you ever did when I was <laughs> next town, but I guess that makes sense in a way. Well, so it's always nice to sit, you know, to sit back and chat like like old times, you know. Yeah, that's that's fair, and and I and I will also put a public apology out for not for for being so callous as to leave before Royal Rumble, so we could not sit and watch Royal Rumble together, even if it wasn't a great event. Uh, it was actually really good, except for a couple of parts. Okay, that's fair. Okay, you got? Have you watched it yet? No, I need to sit down and watch it. Like I. Oh. It's it's been a struggle so for me good. to watch anything wrestling lately because it seems like I'll just sit down and I'll turn on something else and just in the background noise and I'm fiddling with something. So it's like I, I need to I need to sit down and watch it. You know, even though you know, I you know, it, it's pretty like it's been clear where they're going with certain storylines for so long that it's like, do I really need to watch it to know where they're going to do? Yeah, but. Anyways, okay, back to, back on topic of saying goodbyes. Um, <laughs> so with that, I will wish everyone out there a, a good time, and I will talk to you in two weeks. Bye-bye.